Hello and welcome to All Change Please, the podcast about leaving a big city behind and starting afresh somewhere new. We are Jane and Jean Anne, journalists and friends who enjoyed our own love affairs in London before settling down with less racy, more reliable locations. Jane to Bexley in Kent and Jean Anne to her hometown of Derry. Each episode, we'll speak to fellow city quitters about why they left, how they took the leap and what their new life's been like. Because research is the homes outside the capital surging, we know it's something a lot of you are considering too. So this week's guest is property expert Amanda Lamb. She's back on TV with a brand new show called My Mortgage Free Home, which helps people say goodbye to their mortgage. Amazing. Um, It's on every Monday at 9pm on HGTV for 10 weeks. We also know her from shows like A Place in the Sun, and we're hoping that she'll have lots of practical advice on getting your finances together to make that big city move. So let's meet her. So thank you, Amanda, for joining us this week. It's lovely to have you on the show. You're so welcome. I'm very excited. I could literally talk about property all day long, every single day. So, yes. Oh, my God, I'm getting really excited now. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got your new show, which is called My Mortgage Free Home, yes. um, which does what it says on the tin, that you show people how to literally become mortgage free. Yeah. Um, so is that actually a reality for most of us? Could we actually achieve that? I think with a bit of lateral thinking and a bit of compromise, absolutely. So, so what we've done with this series, um, we take the equity in your existing home, coupled with any savings that you might have, and we use that as the kind of pot, the piggy bank. Now, it might mean that you can't stay in the area that you're in. But what we've tended to do with most of the sh- most of the programs is we've sort of done a maximum of kind of 45 minutes from where they currently live. So it is doable, particularly for some of the couples. You know, they might have young children and they don't want to uproot them from from their current schools. So we've had to sort of try and find a radius, which means that they could still do the school run, but be mortgage free. What would be your like number one tip if you're thinking about doing this? I think the number one tip would be to be realistic as to what your budget can can afford you to do. You know, we all love these shows where you get couples sort of saying, well, I'd like eight bedrooms and a swimming pool. And, you know, I'd like to be overlooking the South Downs and I've got a budget of £95,000. And you're like, you're never going to get it for that. So I think be realistic, you know, do your do your sums properly before you even set foot on right move. Make sure you know what your budget will get you and and factor in. I mean, I know at the moment there is the stamp duty holiday, but that won't last forever. So make sure that you can afford all the, the you know, your finances, your moving costs, your solicitors fees. If you're a first time buyer, you've got to furnish the place. So make sure that once you've done all of that and you've got that little pot left for the actual house itself, that's how much you you know you've got to play with. And um, Amanda, the pandemic obviously has so many more people thinking about making a move like the people on your show have done. But at the same time, we're facing into a period of huge economic instability. And I just wonder, do you think people should kind of hold off um, on on buying a home, wait and see what the next year holds, or should they just forge ahead with it? For me personally, I think go with your gut. I mean, I remember, you know, pre-Brexit, everyone was sort of saying to me, you know, is it worth buying abroad? Should we buy abroad? What's going to happen post-Brexit? None of us know. God, if I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be sitting in the eight-bedroom house with <laughs> the swimming pool. <laughs> We're thinking just a case of trying to work out what's right for you you know, what's right for you and your family's needs. And I think one of the things that 
I've noticed from the pandemic, or maybe, you know, two or three of the things that I've noticed is, first of all, is that moment of kind of enforced lockdown has made everybody reevaluate their lives, what they're doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it. You know, one of the couples that I think are on next week's show, Joanne and Simon, she said to me, they were in their sort of mid 60s, and he still works, he commutes three hours a day on a bus into Glasgow. And she said, it made me fall in love with my husband all over again. Um, you know, I fell in love with him 25 years ago. And it's made me re fall in love with him being in lockdown with him has made her fall in love which for a start I thought was a miracle because I wanted to kill mine after like day three. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Boris, lift the lockdown. But but she loved, you know, and it was very sweet to see. You know, she said, I don't want to see him disappear for three hours a day and, and not see him. I want to spend time with him. And so I think what the pandemic has done is it's made us all reevaluate what we're doing it's made me massively appreciative of teachers I tell you that for nothing yes. <laughs> same here <laughs> also made us realize that we don't have to go into an office all the time you know we're doing this like this we're not all together you know we're, we're all over the country we don't need a lot of us don't need to commute every day you know I know quite a few of my friends that have sort of said I just need to go into the office once a week now so when we were doing the program We had quite a few couples that were saying, as long as I can work from home. So this new house has to have a space. We need an office. We need space in the garden that we could put a garden room. We just need to be able to work. So it's made everything sort of the old cogs are starting to turn for a lot of people. And I think they're realizing that they don't necessarily have to be on that kind of hamster wheel all the time. Huge surge in people buying in the country. I don't know whether you guys have seen that where you are. We have absolutely. I think all through UK and Ireland, um, you know, estate agents are reporting huge increases in demand. I'm not sure if it's translated into lots of sales yet, or if it's just those early stages of you know a lot more inquiries. But yeah, it's it's. I guess people are just maybe forging ahead with those moves um, and not kind of speculating for another couple of years. They're just going to go and do it. We filmed quite a few of the shows in in and around Cambridge and Norfolk and Suffolk and and those kind of areas. And one estate agent I spoke to there who has been in the industry for 30 years said he's never seen it so busy. He said, I've never known anything like it. And when we start the process of the the searching for, for people, so we find out what they want. And then a team of researchers in the office will start calling all the local agents in that area. And then they line up houses for the director to see. And then I come along and see them as well. And at one point, we had 15 houses lined up in a little um, area of Cambridgeshire. And they all went, they all sold within 24 hours before we'd even got there. What? That's crazy, isn't it? It really is. Wow. But I think it's true. I think it's I think what's happening is is so many people are going, hold on a minute. If we just move, you know, 40 minutes out of where we are now, we can get twice the house. We're part of a community. That's the other thing I've noticed mm-hmm. during this show is it wasn't just, you know, Giles and Samantha want to live in the country and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was people saying we want to be part of a community. We want to be part of something, you know, not just that living in a street and not knowing your neighbours names. So many people, I think the lockdown has made everybody 
a lot more aware of their immediate surroundings not just in their home definitely and when you're searching like if you're searching in an area you know that's fine you know the bad areas to live in and the good areas to live in how would you go about it if you suddenly decide well I live in London and I want to up sticks and move to Suffolk you know what are your top tips for finding out about you know more about that rural place to live in area Mm. I think nothing beats getting in a car and going there and driving around I mean, we toyed, my husband and I toyed with doing it about three years ago, and we looked at, geographically, we were trying to work out, you know, where would be good for us to go, and I grew up in, um, just outside of Portsmouth, and my best friend is in Romsey, another friend is in Farnham, so we kind of stuck, you know, our finger in the map and sort of hit Winchester, and then we went and looked, you know, that's the best thing to do, If, if you're thinking about doing it, go and have a look, because quite often, you know, you you think you're going to get this rural idyll in the middle of nowhere and and you go there and you're like, actually, it is in the middle of nowhere and it's going to take me half an hour to get to the local shops or it's... (laughs) And and if that's what you want, great. But if if it's not, not so great. So I think the most important thing is to just go and start looking at houses and Mm -hmm. and areas and schools. If you've got kids, you know, do your research. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're moving to an area where there are local schools that you like and you know are are you, you get a good feel for them so the more research you do the better I think yeah I had one friend who moved to a new area and she wishes she'd done more research she actually wishes she'd knocked on a few local neighbors doors and just said what's it like because they had a huge noise problem <laughs> with one of the residents that obviously oh. didn't come to light until they moved in but all the neighbors had said well if you'd have knocked on our door and asked we'd have told you yeah there's a big a big thing for that you know just go and knock on people's doors and have a chat with them you know what's the area like what would you recommend if someone came to my door now and said you know what's it like I'd be like god it's great and there's this and there's this and this is a great shop and this is fantastic and you don't want to be going there and that visit it at different times of the day that's a good idea yeah you know when we moved in here we're under the flight path of Heathrow and um when we moved in the planes weren't taking off to the east so we're like oh this is nice and quiet and then yeah same thing we moved in we're like oh my god what was that (laughs) um so that's quite important rent maybe you know if it's a big major lifestyle change you know and you're going from one end of the country to the other think about renting or, or go on holiday there, you know, do an Airbnb or one of the others and, and just stay there for a couple of weeks and, and properly get to know it because it is very different. It's crazy, isn't it, that I, I have I think that anybody who's buying a property should be allowed to like spend a night there before they <laughs> put their yeah. money down because you've got things like TripAdvisor and before you go and stay in a hotel, you know that all the ins and outs of it, you know what everybody thinks of it, all the pros and cons, but you're buying a house, you're making the biggest financial decision of your life. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, there could be things about it that you um you don't know. Um, yeah. But I was interested, Amanda, because, you know, a lot of your shows, including this one, are all about huge lifestyle changes and, you know, people maybe moving somewhere quieter, somewhere foreign, you know, all, all sorts of things. But I, you've chosen, you know, you're not from London, but you've chosen yeah. to live in a city. And I wondered, you know, a lot of the people we speak to are people who've left a city and, and moved to the countryside. But what do you love about living in a city? Well, I'm very lucky that I live on the edge of the city you know I live very close to Twickenham and Richmond so I'm not right slap bang in the middle of it I've got a lot of greenery bushy park is on my doorstep lovely I'm doing the couch to 5k so after I finish this I'm going to go and hit bushy park and attempt to not pass out round (laughs) round the track 
But that's one of the reasons why when we toyed with moving out, we ended up not moving out because we have such a lovely area, you know, Kew Gardens, Bushy Park, Richmond Park, the river, all of those things that we wanted are literally on our doorstep. So that's probably why I've stayed. Also, my girls were quite old or older. Willow was in year year five when I was thinking of making the move and Lottie was four um just going into reception and in theory if i'd have i should have done it earlier i should have i should have done it when willow was you know four or five and lottie hadn't even been thought of so i think if you are going to do it you really have to weigh up the pros and cons with the kids Mm. kids are really adaptable but now mine are too old to be adaptable you know i'm entering teenage years now Mm. so and they're putting down their roots aren't they so Yeah. yeah and i think it is very very important especially you know I've got two very they're beautiful gorgeous girls but the girls you know they're very emotional there's lots of drama in this house my <laughs> poor husband's the only one of the dogs really <laughs> male in this house. <laughs> you know sometimes he just looks and it's like I'm about to go through the menopause and she's about to become hormonal and I'm just like just move out come back in any time because it's all far too dramatic so I didn't want to uproot them but mm. you know I am quite lucky I've got the best of both worlds we do have a little house in the country as well that we that well, by the sea that we go to a lot lovely. I mean it, it broke us financially literally nearly had to sell a kidney but <laughs> but we love it so we do split our time between the two yeah. um, yes I noticed that you have um a lot of pictures on Instagram of you by the water is, yes. and you grew up near the water obviously didn't you as well so we are literally right yeah. by the I mean our house is the last house in the village and it is sort of on the edge of a cliff much to my husband's disgust (laughs) what do you think draws you to the water I mean I'm a seaside girl I grew up in Devon right by the sea and I think it's in your bones isn't it so I'm from I'm from uh the English Riviera Ah. (laughs) Paynton I love North Devon I used to go surfing in Croyd a lot well I say surfing I used to attempt to surf in Croyd I love Croyd yes, <laughs> yes. um I, I I can see Croyd from my balcony oh, so on the other side of it but um I grew up near the coast you know I, mm. I'm a Portsmouth girl so you know for me being near the and I'm a Cancerian so I'm oh me too there you go yeah so I'm ruled by water and the moonlight and and I've always wanted to live by the sea so I'm sort of thinking you know talking about being mortgage free once I've got rid of the kids and I've told them they're going at 18 and this like so many people on this show have had people that oh well our son's still with us and he's 28 I'm like no that's not happening you're all going at 18 once they've gone I'm selling the family pile and I'm going to go and move to Devon and be mortgage free. That's my plan in any case. But um, that's the, that's the theory. Whether or not it will actually happen, I don't know. But that's what I'd like to do. Amanda, can you tell us about those early days of moving to London? I think you were scouted for the clothes show um, or yes. at the clothes show. Yes. Tell us what were, what were your reactions when you first moved to the big city? So I was working as an estate agent, as a proper bona fide estate agent in an office going on house tours you know buying and selling houses and I got spotted by the clothes show live who at the time I don't know whether you girls remember but god it was like a religion Mm. like Sunday nights five o'clock everything stopped and we all watched the clothes show totally but when they started doing the exhibitions I was like oh my god let's go let's go and I went with a girlfriend and I got spotted by four different agents and at the time I was working for GA property services in Marmion Road in Southsea and I think I was earning six thousand pounds a year and I came home and I said to my dad dad I'm gonna go to London and my dad was like you're mad what do you want to go up there for you've got a perfectly good job here and I'm all I know but you know 
I'm really old. I was 21 at the time, so I was old <laughs> for modeling. And I said, yeah. you know, I'm just going to give it a go. And my boss had a house or his his sister um, had a house that she was trying to sell, but said I could live in it until it sold. And so I, I moved up to Wandsworth in this clapped out old Ford Escort it was. And I used to have to park it on the top of the hill because it would never start. So I had to jumpstart it every time I got in it. <laughs> I missed my opportunity because I, I started modeling just at the end of that supermodel era. So kind of the Cindy Crawfords and the Claudia Schieffers and the curvy girls. And then it went into that heroin chic Kate kind Moss of era. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing gaunt, thin, you know, mm. cocktail sticks. And I moved up with hips and boobs and, and, <laughs> and I didn't work for a year. I was like, oh, no. Maybe this wasn't the best career move I've ever done. My, my dad was right. And I worked in a pub. And I cleaned people's houses and I jump started my little Ford car down the road, but I kept at it and I got a few gigs here and there. And then I got the Scottish Widows commercial. Mm. So um, first moving to the city, I mean, this was, we're talking dark ages. We're talking early nineties. I think mm. I, I moved to London. Same for me. Mm. Big old A to Zs. I remember sort of yes. things with these massive, like I was trying to tell my girls what an A to Z was, you know, and, You'd phone the agency in the middle, you know, at the end of the day, and you'd be given like eight castings all over the place, Old Street, you know, Streatham, Kensington, and you'd have to try and work out how to get to all of them. And it was just horrific. My but- A to Z was from a charity shop. So it was like about, you know, 30 years out of date and streets <laughs> on it that didn't exist anymore. And there'd be, you know, new buildings that weren't on it. And yeah, I was getting lost constantly but it's so weird isn't it because I look yeah. at my children nowadays and I'm like oh no I've got to sell up my nan but I do say to them you know you have no idea like if we had to go to Devon we'd have to plan it and we'd have to look at a map and work yeah. out what road we needed and how to there's no such thing as a sat nav or no I remember driving from North London to East London to see a friend and going round the Barbican roundabout with my A to Z on on my steering wheel <laughs> so I could try and work out which exit to come off it was not safe (laughs) no no but also how scary London was you know it was Mm. such a big place bearing in mind you know I I grew up well I grew up in a little place called Haven but you know Portsmouth was a big city didn't really ever go to London you know it was sort of once in a blue moon that I would go so yeah it was a big old scary place Mm. and what about the social side of things Amanda how did you find that the nightlife I was really lucky that and I'm still very dear friends with him now I call him darling his real name is David but he's the poshest person I know so um we we call each other darling all the time and he was an estate agent for a rival estate agent in Portsmouth and we both moved to London together and I rented a house from my friend and worked as a cleaner and Uncle Fergus had a four-bedroom apartment in Sloan Square. So Darling was in Sloan Square and I was in Wandsworth, which at the time was not a posh place to live. It's not like Wandsworth now, is it? No. But then, no. no. <laughs> for for any, the benefit of any listeners not familiar with London, Sloan Square is probably the, the poshest mm. yes, square in the whole of London. Harvey Nichols and Harrods. So <laughs> it's uber, uber posh. So Darling and I would meet up. We'd be like, you know the town mouse and the country mouse and we sort of meet up and, and we're still very dear friends now he's godmother to one of my daughters um Aww. but the social side of it yeah I I I struggled with it at the beginning you know I was on my own a lot and then the aforementioned car that wouldn't start um 
I was trying to get it to start one day and a guy walked past and said, oh, do you want a hand? And I said, yeah, please. And he gave me a hand and he said, oh, you should come down to the pub at the bottom of the road one night if you want. Um, you know, my name's Blair. And, and I did not on a date, but I did because they were looking for a barmaid and that helped. That really helped. I, I got a job in the bar and that worked brilliantly because it meant that I met lots of people you know it was the 90s and it was a rugby bar and it was like oh yes God, you know, yeah. so it was great fun and I loved it I loved working there one of my favorite jobs actually and through that I met lots of friends but my core friends are still the ones that I've made you know living in Portsmouth obviously you're also known for a place in the sun um and I can imagine a lot of people are probably quite keen to leave the UK right now and if I could I probably would um but obviously you've got the issue with Brexit coming on um you know is now a good time to up and leave sticks from Britain do you think I think again it goes back to that thing is is it a good time for you Mm. you know I mean you can still buy abroad I remember when Brexit happened I was thinking well that's it that's the end of place in the sun um it's just been commissioned I think this I think there's another thousand episodes have just been commissioned I know it's bonkers but there will always be people that want to move abroad you know there are lots of countries in the world that aren't part of the EU and they're still buying you know they're still going to get this wrong now you're going to get loads of podcast people going I think you'll find that Norway is part of the EU (laughs) and Norwegians buy in Spain somewhere up there in any case isn't part of the EU and there are people that can still buy in Spain and France and Portugal and the quality of life is better the pace of life is slower but again it's the same thing that going back to what we were talking about before make sure that you do your research mm. I remember once when we were doing an exhibition for a place in the sun live a we do a Q&A and a lady put her hand up and she said, I'm moving to Australia with my three children. Um, do you have any advice? And I went, wow, that's an amazing thing to do. You know, where are you going? Which part of Australia? She went, oh, I don't know. I've never been, I've never visited. What? Well, okay, well, first of all, go and visit the country because you might not like it. You know, so if you're thinking of moving abroad, go and have a look at the place that you're thinking of moving to and also go and look at different times of the year because we all do it you know god how many times have I been to a Greek island the gone right that's it we're all moving to Spetsy but go back in in the winter when everything's shut you know go back when it's cold and it's a bit wet and a bit damp and a bit soggy do you still love it and if you love it enough then yeah that's definitely the place for you mm. I keep trying to tell the producers of this show that we need to do the next series called my mortgage-free home in the sun <laughs> Amazing, bringing them both together. Never been done before. Whenever I watch A Place in the Sun, um, I always think, do those people, do they really want a house or do they want a free holiday? (laughs) Have you ever had anybody on that just wanted a jolly? But it's no holiday. That's the thing. You know, they rock up thinking that, you know, the show takes an hour to to watch or half an hour to watch and it's going to take an hour to film. And it's like, no, it takes five days and you're up at sort of seven in the morning until eight at night. You know, even when we were filming My Mortgage Free Home, you know, you could see the couple sort of going, wow, we're never going to be able to watch a property show in the same light again because it (laughs) is very different. You know, there are lots of takes. For example, when I did the Scottish Widows commercial, that's a 30 second commercial and it took three days to film and not just quick days, you know, starting at six in the morning, wrapping at eight at night for 30 seconds. So actually, Isn't it? we whizzed through it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find yourself on either my mortgage free home or, or place in the sun getting really involved emotionally with the people that go on there? Because sometimes oh, they've got oh, real stories to honestly, tell, haven't they? This, this series has been ridiculous. It's been absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous because I've cried loads. I mean, we had a lovely couple um, called Andy and Tracy and she had 
has melanoma and it's totally made them realize that enough is enough and that they need to just stop so they put their house on the market and we were looking around dis and Bury st edmunds and sort of suffolk way and they were just oh god they were just adorable he reminded me a lot of my dad and she reminded me a lot of my mum and so i was i was really struggling with it and there was at one point with the pair of them and i'm in in a kitchen and i can film myself going and i'm going and then he's going and then she's going and all three of us are just bawling our eyes out so yeah there's been quite a lot of tears on this one um and it is very difficult it's it's like i say i think what's different about this show what's different about my mortgage free home is that we're not just helping someone buy a house it's not you know place in the sun or location location or it's we're helping someone buy a house and massively change their lifestyle so the first episode is leanne and jack and she's an aussie who had this big telecommunications um job you know and lots and lots of money um because she was an australian she had this big farm in cambridgeshire had an accident a riding accident four years ago which means she can't work anymore because it's damaged part of her brain and so She's still trying to find a two and a half thousand pound mortgage payment every month, as well as running a farm, as well as trying to bring up Jack single handedly. And it's just got too much for her. And so for her story, it's it, it's I need to stop, you know, and, and her house, I, I think her farm was worth about 800 grand. So she had 230,000 pounds in equity. All she wanted was a house for her and Jack. That was it. Mm-hmm. So actually, it was quite easy to find them something that they that they loved and will change their lives like amazingly when you haven't got that hanging over you I mean she's sleeping on the couch she's renting out every room every available space in her house she's renting out including her own bedroom so she slept on a couch for the last two years just so she can get the mortgage repayments wow god that must have felt really special being involved in something like that that really yeah, must be yeah. yeah you know I sort of come home at night and I've been a bit I don't just leave it at the door you know I sort of I do start thinking about it and I am in between filming looking on right move and thinking oh if we miss something is there somewhere else that we can take (laughs) so it's been a lovely lovely show to make I hope everyone likes watching it or quite nervous you know like when you've got someone around for for lunch or you bake a cake or something and you start thinking (laughs) oh god you know please like it please go oh this is (laughs) it sort of feels a bit like that do you watch your own show Amanda or do you find it too difficult no can't bear it can't bear it I have to do the voiceovers so I'm going in tomorrow to record a few more voiceovers and you know what it's like when you hear yourself on an answer machine it's just oh god yeah yeah I I sometimes feel I should because some outfit you know even things like clothes you know outfits that work in everyday life by the way everyone I am not pregnant in this series I've just chosen a lot of those what do they call those dresses it's banquet dresses you know the ones the Zara spot yes chuck on dresses yes <laughs> the dresses you can just eat in <laughs> they're my my lockdown yeah. go-to yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually Amanda I was watching a, a clip from the show and I think I have the same dress as you so yeah I can totally <laughs> did you get the white spotty one that everyone no, wore it was that? um I think it was a green kind of ruched one with very floaty um yeah that's the Zara one Zara yeah I did I have got visions of people going oh is Amanda Lamb pregnant again I'm not (laughs) bad camera angle (laughs) I think everybody looks pregnant at the minute to be fair it was was filmed post lockdown hence the fact I'm going for a run sometimes I watch because I'm really you know like all of us we have like catchphrases or certain things that we say my lovelies is something come on my lovelies come and look at this it's like for god's sake I sound like some Oh, Devon Farmhouse. <laughs> I was going to say, you did sound a bit Devon there, my <laughs> lover. <laughs> so 
yeah, I try and watch snippets of it just to think, right, don't wear that dress again and don't do your hair like that and all that works and that doesn't. But I couldn't bear to watch it all the way through. Oh, I find Zoom bad enough. I don't know how yeah. I look <laughs> with um, the whole TV show. So um, apart from Devon, have you got any favourite rural or coastal areas in the UK that you'd recommend people check out if oh, they want to leave the city? You see, I am I am a terrible Southwest fan. So well I done. Woo! I'm happy with that. Devon. Um, I was really surprised by Suffolk and Norfolk and all around that part of the um, of the British Isles because I haven't really gone that far over a lot. And gosh, some of the houses that you can get there, Hearn Bay is a good one. So I don't know whether you girls are aware of Hearn Bay. I am. Yeah, been there. Margate is now up and coming yeah margate's too trendy now so you know yeah but it wasn't you know no 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 one would run no whitstable's the same whitstable's way out london by sea we call whitstable down here (laughs) we did a property there which i think was probably one of my favorites of the whole series and it was a six bedroomed double fronted edwardian former doctor's surgery so it had one side of it the doctor would have lived in and then the other side so it had all the old original features it had the medicine cabinet was still there it had the little slidey bit where the receptionist would sit love Beautiful that tile all of it incredible 490 grand and it was five minutes walk to the sea so all of that sort of area as well i mean and actually that's another tip for anyone listening to this if you've got an area that you love like you say whitstable or or wherever and you can't afford that area they call it the ripple effect. So you imagine dropping a, a pebble in, in, a, in a lake and watching it ripple out. Start broadening your search, you know. So if you can't afford Whitstable, go out by five miles, go out by 10 miles, go further along. There are so many, uh, well, like Wandsworth, absolute dump when I moved there. And now you can't, you can't buy it anything for less than half a million. And it was dreadful when I was there. So, you know, areas that people you know, agents love saying the words up and coming, but those are the areas to look for. Um, you know, Shropshire, Herefordshire, all around there as well. Beautiful. Wiltshire, another gorgeous county mm. that, again, great transport links. Bath, Bradford-on-Avon, so mm. many places. Yeah. So what do you think then when you say the word home, what does it mean to you? Oh, gosh, it's it's my, it's my haven. It's the place that I that I lock the doors and I'm just here with the people that I love. You know, it's, I actually quite liked lockdown. It took me a while to get my head around it. But once I got my head around it, if there hadn't been any homeschooling, I'd have had the best time ever. If I hadn't had to deal with fractions and the- Oh God, improper fractions did my head in. (laughs) Fractions calculator, did you know that? You could actually do a fractions calculator, but even with the workings out, I still couldn't work out how to explain it. I mean, that was what- So me. It was awful. Um, if, If there had been no homeschooling, I'd have loved lockdown. And that's what home means to me. You know, I'm a Cancerian. I'm a homebody. It's kind of, I like feathering my nest. I like looking after the people that are in it. You know, I think what lockdown has also done is it's made me chill out a bit. You know, the other day I put it on Instagram. I'd come into where I am now. This is this is what we call the posh living room. And I, <laughs> my lovely husband had lit a fire for me and he poured me a glass of wine. And I was in here on my own. I was like, ah. And then within three minutes, both girls were in. Can we toast marshmallows? Can we go on the fire? It's like, oh, but I did. And I actually just sat there and thought, yeah, this is fine. This is, you know, 
but I love my house. Um, but I always get twitchy and itchy feet. Like my husband said to me, can we just do me a favor and not paint anything for a year? He said, just, just one year, just don't paint anything. But I'm already looking at the hallway thinking. Mm. <laughs> I notice you share my love of sunburst uh, decorations on your Instagram. I believe we have the same mirror, the same Laura Ashley mirror. I'm looking at it now. Yes. <laughs> you know, that thing, that mirror has lasted. I think I bought so that long. early noughties. Yeah, from house to house with me. Same here. And I do love it. I do. And <laughs> I, I love, love your statue as well. Amanda, yeah. tell us about that. Well, so the statue, my husband is a cameraman. That's how I met him. He was a cameraman on Place in the Sun. And he works on a show um, called Salvage Hunters. With oh my God, I love that show. <laughs> I know. And so basically, he's in Belfast at the moment. And I'm like, right, this is the list that I'd need for you. I know you're trying to do a job, but if you could just find me a tall boy and a chest and and so quite often when they're filming, when once Drew's been in and got all his bits, um, Sean will send me, you know, pictures of, in fact, he's not done it yet. He's in Belfast now. So I'm expecting the photographs to come through. <laughs> He'll start sending all sorts of pictures of, do you want this? Or So Mary came from a convent up in, gosh, I think it was somewhere north. I think it might have been Manchester or Leeds. I and he had that. to put it in the, in the passenger seat of the van to drive her back. So she was sat like that with a seatbelt around her. Um, we have quite an eclectic, I really like, I love old houses. I've never lived in a modern house. I think this is the youngest I've lived in. And this is was built in 1895. Mm. But I like a mixture, like a sort of juxtaposition of, so our kitchen is uber modern. It's, you know, it's a pog and pole, super high tech thing. But then there's loads of other little bits around the house, like the fireplace that I, that it was this fireplace that I saw when we first came into this room. And I knew straight away that, that this was the house for me. It's funny, isn't it, Al? Yeah. Is that a girl thing or is it a... Yeah, definitely. I, in my old house, because I've moved from an old house to modern house and I'm really struggling with the transition, I've got to be honest, yeah. But the old house, it was the far place. As soon as I walked in, I was like, yeah, we're moving here. <laughs> yeah, and we found that on the show with, with this, with this really? show that I've been doing. Like I say, it's, it's much more of an emotional show than a lot of the ones that I've done before. And, you know, we had one couple who, they were probably in their 50s, They'd only got together two years ago and she has her mum is moving in with them. So there's this whole not only are they in a new fledgling relationship and they're moving in together, they're bringing her mum with her and the dog. And so there were four living beings that I had to try and find a house for. And she walked into one and I said to Colin, that's it, you're done. Because she just had this glazed look on her eyes and 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 it and it defied everything that she actually wanted. Mm. You know, it needed work and, and some of the rooms were quite dark and but she just that was it, she was gone. Yeah. And everything else I showed her, pointless, because she was just taken with this one house. And and I think we are terribly led by our emotions and our hearts and 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 we don't really think it through sometimes but well like you say it becomes your haven doesn't it It becomes your home and I think that's why a lot of people have moved during lockdown because they've been stuck in their homes and gone actually this does not feel like a home let's get out of here and I and I think you're right I think during lockdown people have really started to reevaluate what's important in life and what they want out of life and no idea what that post is through my letter (laughs) Sounds like another trip. statue of Mary, Amanda, going through the letterbox. But yeah, it, it made everybody start to think, actually, we need to rethink this because this, is, this isn't what it's all about. And, and I think that's why you're going to be seeing an awful lot of movement in the property world in the next few months because people are realising that 
there is more to life than that hamster wheel and that grind. Mm. Interesting to see how it goes, won't it? Very much so. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Amanda, yeah. that's a, a lovely note to, to end on. Um, I think, yeah, let's get off the hamster wheel and uh, <laughs> and um, enjoy, focus on the good things in life. Yeah. Um, well, thank We've you so much. Down here. I remember when my mum, my mum moved to France um, a long time ago. She's back now, but she moved to France for five years. And, and before she left, I sent her a card. And on the front of the card, it said, life is a daring adventure or nothing at all. And I think that it really is. You know, it's yeah. not a dress rehearsal, is it? No, definitely not. No, that's lovely. Well, thank you. Um, so enjoy your 5K run. I don't want to now. Can't we just carry on talking <laughs> like that all day? Oh, it's bedtime. Let's do it. <laughs> no, yes, so please. Done. I can talk about properties all day too. It's fascinating. I know. <laughs> you too, yes. Amanda. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Amanda Lamb for coming on and sharing her great tips. Now, last time we had Lucy Spraggan. She was speaking about living as a gay woman in a rural community. And this week's City Quitting Dilemma is on a similar topic. It comes from Gary, who's happy to have made the move away from city life, but is now looking for advice on living as a gay man in a more rural area. Let's hear his question. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, Jean and Jinan. Um, my name is Gary. Um, I've just recently moved from Belfast in Northern Ireland to a remote uh, town in Donegal to be closer to uh, family and some childhood friends. Um, also, I was wanted to get back to uh, nature and to be beside the seaside. All of that is working out great so far, and even my uh, business is really uh, flourishing here. Um, the main problem I have living here is that as a member of the LGBTQ community, um, there doesn't seem to be much of a gay community here. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any suggestions for um, finding a community while I'm here, um, which I'm thinking is going to be for the long term. Okay, thank you very much. I really enjoy your podcast and look forward to listening to your suggestions. Thanks. Thanks so much, Gary, for that. Now, we usually answer these city quitting dilemmas ourselves, but this time we decided we needed an expert view. So we spoke to Patrick Kelleher. He's a queer Roscommon based freelance journalist and he writes for the Irish Times and the LGBT plus news outlet Pink News. Here's what Patrick has to say. And I've promised Patrick that I'm not going to attempt a Roscommon accent while I read out his email. <laughs> Hi, Gary. I really relate to your experience of moving to a remote area. I moved back to Roscommon in 2018 after a period of living in Dublin and in the UK, and it was a bit of a shock to the system. Moving to a rural area is a big adjustment at the best of times, but there are, of course, unique challenges for members of the LGBTQ plus community. In a city, you can walk into a gay bar and find your community, but the same is not true of a rural area, and it can take a little bit more work to find other queer people. The good news is that there are LGBTQ plus people everywhere, including in rural areas, and there are some great ways to get to meet them. You might not find a gay club in rural Donegal, but you'll almost certainly find some kind of an LGBTQ plus group or organisation you can get involved with. There's also a Facebook page called Donegal LGBTQ plus, which could be worth looking into. 
They were recently advertising a new pen pal service where they put you in touch with another queer person in Ireland. You could also contact this group to speak more generally about ways to meet other queer people in the region. And Patrick says, I'd also recommend looking into volunteering opportunities with local LGBTQ plus organisations. This can be a great way to give something back while also fostering relationships with queer people in the vicinity. It's worth noting that you're not limited to queer people in Donegal. The internet means that you can connect with the community in so many different ways. Patrick recommends downloading the Meetup app and searching LGBT to see if any of the events taking place would be of interest. Because of the pandemic, nearly all of these events are now virtual get-togethers, meaning you don't even have to limit yourself to Irish LGBTQ plus groups. Wishing you all the best of luck with your move and with finding your community. And that's all from Patrick. Thank you so much, Patrick Kelleher, for that um, input. And uh, we really appreciate it. And good luck to Gary as well. And thank you at home for joining us on All Change, please. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. We've got a brilliant rest of the season lined up for you. And we'll be back in a fortnight's time with another great guest. You can also have a listen to some of our previous episodes. Um, there are some great ones on there about burnout, being priced out and finding your forever home. In the meantime, please review, subscribe and share this podcast if you've enjoyed it. It really helps us out. And we'd love to hear from you if you've got a city quitting dilemma you'd like us to discuss on the show. You'll find us on Twitter at allchangepod or email us at allchangepodcast at gmail.com. 